Good evening, everyone. Let's get started. everybody doing tonight? Is everybody dreading? No, none of you. Uh, are you, uh, Jen? Are you? Are you dreading the uh, removal of your Colin blue check? Uh, well, I mean, Elon didn't buy Colin. He bought yeah. Twitter. I never had a blue check, so there. I know. Uh, you know, Colin was like, "Hey guys, you want you want blue checks? We'll give you blue checks." I mean, that was kind of literally how it happened. And Jen was like, this is so unfair. I call and gave me a... Call and got me verified in five fucking minutes. <laughs> right. Remember remember when the whole story was that, like, Elon was going to give everybody a blue check and now, now we're going to charge $8 a month. Like, this is Netflix for fucking Twitter. Yeah, we're going to... Okay, we're going to get all about that. By the way, somebody drop a message in chat. I'm now paranoid that chat won't be working. Because there was one whole episode where, like, people were typing in chat and I couldn't see it. I put something in chat now, sort of. Oh, there we go. Okay, cool. Above average show. Thank you. I just wanted to check. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, we, we spoke all about Elon, uh, uh, you know, waltzing into Twitter headquarters on uh, on uh, ambitious crossover attempt on Sunday. Uh, Letting that Monday. sink in. Yes, and uh, and uh, now the big thing is now the 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 blue check, the blue check apocalypse. Which uh, let's let's back up for a second. Like, okay, this this is all based off of basically a hearsay rumor that Elon is going to be charging a monthly fee for people who have their blue checks. To keep them, and I'm not entirely sure if you want a blue check, if you can like pay $8 a month and go through the ID verification process and get one. Not that anybody's going to do it now at this point, but yeah, so basically, if you have a blue check, allegedly, again, none of this is actually like confirmed by anybody at Twitter, but allegedly, we're going to start charging a monthly fee for your blue check privileges. Well, now it is confirmed. At first, it wasn't confirmed. It started with a. It started with a. Uh, it started with a, a rumor that they were going to charge twenty dollars a month for it. And uh, Elon Musk was being cheeky about it on Twitter and stuff. But then he came out with the announcement. I don't know because again, there is no. I mean, he said it. He outlined in a very sort of professional sounding way, like his plan for essentially uh, turning uh, verification into a symbol of like Twitter premium, what they call like Discord has this. It's called Discord Nitro and uh, and uh, and uh, and Twitch. Twitch has it as well. There used to be wasn't didn't they didn't there used to be because uh, there's Twitch Prime. But there used to be like a Twitch Turbo or something like that. I distinctly remember that there used to be some kind of like Twitch, a premium Twitch type account. I don't know if that exists anymore. But uh, basically the idea is, yeah, like um, pay $8 a month or something like that. Get a badge. Get fewer ads potentially get access to things that are pay, that are paywalled like if we partner with someone cuz like uh, let's say Twitter signs a deal with Mediate or the Atlantic or something like that where uh, where Twitter Twitter uh, you Twitter know like Prime. Twitter Prime <laughs> Twitter Blue I mean it's called Twitter Blue now yeah, I, mean, I mean like yeah like this is what Twitter I mean the way Elon described it like this is what Twitter Blue should have been in the first place yeah but he's just and, and the thing is he's just throwing in the blue check in there, right? Uh, and 
he has all kinds of justifications for this, and I we can discuss those forever. I frankly, like at the end of the day, I don't care why he's doing it. What I care is like the results of it. Now, there's there's a, the potential of having bad results. The thing that everybody's very focused on now is the idea that he uh, he mentioned something like priority and replies and, and something like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, first of all, nobody knows what that means. And second, that already exists. Like the thing that people don't understand, I, I spoke about this with a lot of people, a lot of verified people who are talking about this because I'm in the unique position of having built a large Twitter audience before becoming verified. And I can tell you that the switch from being not verified to verified, even when you have the same amount of followers, you know what I mean? Like I had 150,000 followers before I was verified and I had 150,000 followers after I was verified and that fucking blue check, man, the things that it does for you, for your visibility, for the willingness of like major players to engage with you uh, in good and bad ways. Like people immediately started going to my boss when I got verified, like in amounts that like did not happen before. Um, but, and, and there is, I know Twitter's opaque. Who knows? Like I know just anecdotally that if you're verified, like when people search for things, when they click on trending hashtags, verified accounts get big priority. They get huge priority in replies to viral tweets. If you go to a big viral tweet and you look at the replies invariably, the, the, the big replies in the, in, you know, like in the replies are verified accounts. Verified accounts can filter out all accounts other than verified ones. And all of this shit is fully arbitrary. I'm sorry I'm pontificating, Jen, but uh, this is like, I'm very, this is well, something I'm very passionate about. You're also missing like the biggest beef that people have had with people with blue checks, especially as far as content moderation is concerned, which is that people with the blue check live under a different content moderation guideline than people that don't. It's true. You get away with more shit. I mean, it's verifiable. Like we've seen this for years. Yes, it is a different status on Twitter. Now I'll explain, I'll explain something about uh, the verification process, because like I said, if, if the only difference, if the flaws remain the flaws, Meaning, by flaws, I mean if you're verified, you get certain privileges like uh, like preference and replies and whatever. If those flaws remain flaws, but the only thing that Elon Musk changes is he gives everyone access to this with just a fee as opposed to the process that I'm going to describe in just a second. Mm-hmm. Then it's a net good. And I don't care why he's doing it. But he's giving access to this uh, you know, preferential treatment to way more people than have access to it right now. He's not introducing some kind of blue check privilege. He's just making it available to more people because here's the story. Cause like, cause, cause like, cause like we rate dogs is a fucking verified account and freezing cold takes is a verified account. And Mueller, she wrote is a verified account and then there's accounts that are big and are of real people who have bylines in their names. Like, I don't know, Jen fucking Monroe, who like just don't randomly don't get verified because fuck you. And there's nobody to talk to. And when I got doxxed, which was January of 2020, uh, because I was already working in an editorial position in a media outlet, I said, OK, cool. Now I'm, I'm out. I'm using my real name. Let me see how I'm going to get verified. And I, I asked around and I was given a contact, Twitter's like media people liaison. And I emailed her and said, hey, here's my credentials. I emailed her for my business email, all that shit. And she said, cool. You know, you're, the verification team has your request and they're going to process it. And that was in April of 2020. Okay. I continued to like email back and forth with this woman throughout 2020, 2021. Uh, and it was always like a shrug. She always said like, it's the verification team. Like I don't, there's nothing I can do. There's no update. There's no update. And then what happened was they changed the system 
where you could file some kind of form. And I filed it like four times. And on the fourth time, it went through because I made a small tweak to my Twitter bio where instead of CTO, I actually spelled out chief technology officer. I wasn't told that that was the reason. My request just got denied and I had to wait another 30 days. And I just on a whim was like, maybe that was it. And, it, and then I got verified in 20 minutes. It's like the process is fucked. I asked Jack Dorsey when he was the CEO of Twitter personally to verify me twice. And he was like, ah, there's a system. He shrugged, mm. basically. For real, this is a true story. Yeah. Um, it's a true story. He has told this to me. Like, yes, I, Jen, no, Jen, yeah. I have the DMs. He used to like Yoko's picture. He still follows me on Twitter. I don't know why. But uh, um, uh, the, the point is like, it's weird and opaque and nobody can control it and nobody knows who does what and who decides and you just gotta know people because you see that like a new outlet gets created. I don't know, Ben Smith created Semaphore and it instantly got verified. How? I don't fucking know because he knows someone that he can call, right? Well, because he's Ben Smith. Right, but I'm saying like that's, so, so the idea is, the idea that Elon Musk is introducing privilege into the verification process rather than removing it from there is is ridiculous like and sure i get it i get that like the the barrier of money is something that's worth criticizing but the barrier right now is like nepotism you know what i mean it's industry privilege because if you're in media you get it but if you're like a realtor professional you don't get it fucking why who decided? And then when COVID happened, they were like, oh, we're prioritizing healthcare workers now because COVID. And it was like, okay, but that's again, you're just fucking, it's just who somebody randomly decides. Okay. And so that's way less, uh, quote unquote, democratized than what's going on with the system that he's proposing. The weird thing about the blue check system is that way back in the day, like it literally was just ID verification, which is why you will still to this day see like smaller accounts who have a blue check. And then for years, like years and years and years, the whole system was shut down. Like you couldn't apply for it. It was something that was given to you by Twitter. Typically, like, say, if you ran for office, it was because it was because there were a bunch of like white nationalists. First of all, they started, yeah. verification started because a bunch of celebrities like Kanye West and a couple other people like, we're talking about like 2012, 2013, or and Tony, Tony La Russa or something yeah, like that. Tony La Russa. Yeah, threatened to sue Twitter because of like parody accounts pretending to be them. And so Twitter were like, okay, we're gonna do a thing where like, you know, every celebrity is going to be verified. And I remember, I, re- I remember the time on Twitter where people were like, oh, wow, I guess that really is John Cusack or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then they stopped it because a bunch of like white nationalists, it was like Richard Spencer, but there was another one. It was one of the, it was one of the Charlotte, I think it was after, was it after Charlottesville that they paused it? Probably because what had happened in the meantime between it just being like ID verification and when they paused it is it became a status symbol. And so then white nationalists started applying for it. They had to give them blue checks. And so they're like, you know what? We're just shutting the whole thing down because we don't want to give blue checks to white supremacists. Yes, here it is. Right. Here it is. It was it was Jason Kessler, who's one of the Charlottesville Uh, organizers. And in, it was like in November 2017, in the aftermath of Charlottesville, there was a whole freak out about like, how are, how can these people be verified? And by the way, a justifiable freak out as far as I'm concerned. Like I constantly rail against the things that verified accounts on Twitter are allowed to get away with like full on like Hitler apologism accounts, big verified accounts in Pakistan have millions of followers will say like, yay Hitler and shit like that. And I say, oh, look at this Twitter. Like this is the thing you want to do. And so when people say like, yeah, the guy who organized the Charlottesville rally is walking around there with like a blue check, that's fucked up. 
but Twitter again overreacted and were like, okay, you can't you can't request verification anymore. From now on, we decide who gets verified. And that was it. And yeah, people who worked for media organizations had on the sly a contact at Twitter. That was the person that I was given. I had to speak to uh, to friends of I had to reach out to friends of mine at media organizations to be like, how do you do it? And someone was like, here's an email, don't tell them I sent you though. <laughs> you know, and I had to say to this person, like, I was told that you're the person to contact trying to find a dealer like (laughs) i mean for real for real like i had to like i had to i had to do like a secret knock like who like you know who do you get your shit from (laughs) yeah exactly and but and by the way like the fact that i was vague about where i got her email was not weird to her at all which means that everybody is vague about where they got her email she's just like yeah i know grapevine people hear it through the grapevine like i heard you're the plug so yeah and by the way she might have been fully bullshitting me i'm not gonna say her name because like who cares right yeah um, and I also, she was always very nice. Like, and I, I bugged the shit out of her. I think I, I think I emailed her like once a month or once every six weeks for over a year. You want me to check? Right, yeah, go, go ahead. Let the people know how hard you worked for this blue check. Yeah. I mean, the fir- yeah, the first, the, the first email I sent her, I, I'm, I'm seeing right now was exactly one week after I got doxxed. So like January of 17th of 2020, but like, here's the thread. So, okay. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was a, it was a year, February. So like January 17th, she didn't answer. I had to like bug her like three times until I got the answer the first time. Hey, just circling back on this. Hey, just circling back on this. You know what I'm saying? Cause I said to my, cause I said, cause I said to myself, Fuck it. Like, what, what's the worst that can that can happen? She'll never respond. I'll just send an email every couple of times. So, like, it doesn't matter. What are they going to do? Ban me from Twitter because I'm bugging her? And, but, like, eventually I got a reply. And, yeah, we keep going. We keep going. We keep going. The last, the very last email is, uh, uh, she says to me, on April the 26th of 2021. So, 14 months I bugged this woman. And she kept saying, like, the verification team said that you're, like, you're, you know, you're eligible. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, And then when did I get verified? It still took, like, another fucking year Yeah, it was a whole different process. Uh, Where the fuck? Yes. I mean, like I said, the the system changed. Here, I got verified on December 17th of 2021 is when I got verified. So it took another eight months after that. And at that entire time, and I got annoyed because like I had, they said like, you know, you got to change your name to your real name and you got to change your picture to your real picture. And you got to put all of your like employment details in your account. And I kind of didn't want to, cause I like literally just gotten docs, but I said like, okay, fine. I'll fucking do it so that I can get verified. And then it just never happened. And it just stayed yeah. that way again for like literally two years. I mean, December 17th. So basically a year and 11 months exactly between January 17 of 2020 and December 17 of 2021 was the whole process of me at, uh, like actively trying to get verified. And now you can throw eight bucks and it just happens like, fuck yeah. Like, and I won't do it. Right. Because I- now it's like, because, and, and here's the thing. And this is like, okay. So everybody on Twitter who deeply cares about their blue check kind of freaked out about this because it, it it is a status symbol and it is a thing that you quote unquote earn so now this whole idea that somebody might take away that thing that you quote unquote earned unless you pay eight dollars a month for it now everybody's all pissed off plus it's elon plus you know it's twitter and people don't know how to act about any of this so yeah i mean there. <laughs> It, it's been funny to watch the reaction to this because there's people who are just extremely anti-Elon who are like, I will never give you a single cent to post on this uh, on this platform. And I'm like, okay, you can post for free. Like there's millions of us that do it all the time. You you can you'll you can lose your blue check. You'll you'll be all right. And like and of course and they and they all got us and they all gotta bring. The whole like free like AOC with her like that free how is free space it's eight dollars if we and it's like no it's not it doesn't cost eight dollars to use Twitter AOC it doesn't 
Like, because she said something like, like, does she, th- I, I literally think that she thought the word, f- like, free, when you say, f- like, free speech, means, like, for, for, her iPhone fucking costs money, and her data plan costs money. What the fuck is she talking about? It's free. How can it be free speech if it costs $8? <laughs> oh, my really God. To do that voice I fucking, I'm, I was so irritated at her tweet. Like, again, I don't understand how people are impressed by her. Really, she's she's like successful in like capturing like the like the attention economy. But if you want to talk in like sports terms, her war is very low. There's a million like socialist influencers out there who like get just as much action and just like aren't in Congress because they like haven't tried. And so she does a good thing, but it's not that it's not that there aren't like I'll give you an example. I hate to say this because I'm just saying, but like. Think about like a Ron DeSantis, right? There aren't like seven other people like him out there where if he like dropped dead tomorrow, someone could just slot into his place. But like her, I think absolutely yes. In fact, I think that like there's a couple other people like in Congress who could just take over from her. Like if Ilhan Omar was more active on TikTok and shit, but she's just like a little older and has kids and stuff. Like it's just not her vibe. She totally would have though. Maybe Rashida Tlaib should be on Instagram Live more, or, yeah, or something like that, right? Uh, she's just, but it's 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 there is a semi generational thing. I, like I said, I I don't I don't discount her ability to like capture the attention, but I don't. There's nothing about what she does that's like particularly impressive. Like her Twitter dunks aren't good. Like she's not. And yes, this point that she made is really really dumb. Like the idea that like. How can this guy who believes in free speech is going to charge people $8 for a premium version of his, like, service? Has she never seen the term in-app purchases? This is literally an in-app purchase for Twitter. You know, in the same way that, like, uh, you buy whatever, Strava Pro, and you don't get ads in it or something like that. And so here he was like, yeah, like, less ads – and yes, again, like I said, people harped on his whole like priority and whatever, but he didn't even explain what that meant, meant what that means. Like he just, he said, he, I don't know, like when you promote your tweets or you promote your Facebook posts, they get priority placement and shit. Like I don't understand the freak out for real. Well, the freak out is because now you might lose your blue check and the, the, equation between losing your blue check and somehow losing your ability to post on Twitter is extremely telling on everybody that is making this sort of comparison. And, and another one I've seen is uh, Jojo from Jurors did this, and I've seen a couple other people do it, this whole like, Elon's not getting rid of me. I'm not, he can't get rid of me that easy. I'm like, who? When did he ask you to leave? Right. He didn't it's, ask you to leave. What happened what was, here, here's the hilarious cycle of that happened there. The idea was like this. Elon buys Twitter and then a bunch of people are like, I'm leaving Twitter. I'm leaving Twitter. And then a bunch of other people who agree with them are like, no, Elon's not going to chase me off Twitter. But it's like, he's not trying to. What you're saying is, no, I'm not going along with the herd of my idiot peers who are like fleeing. And I got into a fight with Aaron Rupar about this. And I got to say, I got to issue an apology to Aaron Rupar. Because I know, right? This is shocking. I'm going to have somebody clip this and send this to Aaron Rupar. I told Aaron (laughs) Rupar that he was paranoid about the fact that he was losing a ton of followers because, like, there was an exodus off Twitter. And I got to say, I think he's actually right. I think he's bleeding fucking followers because a lot of his idiot followers are literally closing their accounts. They're not even, like, quote, unquote, leaving Twitter by not just not tweeting anymore. They're just they're they're at they're actually cl- like shutting down their accounts because yeah like on the day that Elon went came in Friday he lost like four thousand followers and has been like bleeding every day since. Oh God, that just reminded me. Oh, of Dean, what's his name? Obey oh. Allah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. He had probably the best response to this, which is that. 
he is going to FOIA. Oh, Elon's fuck. immigration application I forgot to see if he that. lied. Yeah. See, I think chat's not working right now, by the way. See, now I think chat stopped. Well, see, now you broke everything. I know I broke everything. Hold on. I'm trying to see. But I'm anyway, sure. the point of that, that story was that I got into a Twitter argument with him and basically got him to admit that, like, the, the, the immigration application is going to be the new long-form birth certificate where people are going to chase this down like, oh, my God, we're going to prove that Elon is in this country illegally. And then we're, he's going to have to go back to South Africa where he will still own Twitter. So I don't know what the point of this is other than that, okay, you guys want to be the new birthers. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, by the way, I chat. Chat worked for me when we started the show and then stopped. So I'm now on my computer looking at chat and now I see chat. See, I actually missed a whole bunch of chats. Because like I, all I see is, uh, you know, I wrote chat test and then Joe and JD oh, were like test test. And then after that, nothing. Oh, it shows for me in the app. See, I see. I, uh... I'm special. Yeah. Can you please, like, on, an unre, on, a, on a totally unrelated note, of a completely unrelated note, everybody go follow Ambitious Crossover Attempt on YouTube. <laughs> this is totally unrelated to this. I'm it's, just saying. I'm just saying. Related. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, it's, it's not. Nice. No, I'm just, this is just anecdote. Just, I'm just reminded for some reason that you should all go follow Ambitious Crossover Attempt on YouTube. And then also oh, maybe, yeah. And, and then also, yeah. and then also maybe at some point there will be a Discord. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guess, I mean, I've, I've tweeted about it. So I guess that we can discuss it on the various and assorted audio things that we do. But yeah, moving to DC. Oh, right. No, see, okay. Yes, yes. In that context, sure. Yeah, Jen is moving to DC, so we're going to be able to do our shows uh, in person. Uh, but that means uh, that means good things for like, the brand, as it were. Uh, because brand. we might do yeah. No, we might, we're going to experiment with all kinds of stuff. Like we might do, we, we might try like reactions, we might try should we buy a blue check for ambitious crossover attempt? I said, because someone said to me, it's funny <laughs> that you said that, because somebody said to me, will you will you get a, a blue check? And I said, I'm actually more likely to get one for the pod account than for my own. I, I see more value if it's, if it's like that, if the idea is it's kind of, a, it's almost like a promotional, it has promotional benefits then yeah, fuck yeah, I'll get it for the, the pot account. $8 is not a ton of money. And also, no, the, like, mm. it, it's not. And here's kind of like my breakdown of this is like for brands, like if Wendy's spends $8 a month to have their blue check, like, yeah, I totally understand that. But there's going to be this like, th this sort of tiered system where it's going to be like, people like, you know, the brands, you know, Wendy's, Arby's, Steakums. I, I think Steakums is verified. I'm pretty sure they're verified. But like, you know, the, the brands, like, okay, I totally get that. But then it's going to be a thing where like, and I'm going to say, I'm not going to say that he would do this, but like if Matt Iglesias paid $8 a month to keep his blue check, people would be like, really? Wow. Okay, it means that much to you? But it, it, it's going to be one of those tiered things where it's like, if you are a brand or you're promoting a brand, okay. But if you're an individual person, then that kind of like moves you into this territory of like, okay, you view yourself this way, like as a brand and like, okay, you are taking Twitter way too seriously and you need to log off. But you know, you, and, and we all already know, like if this actually happened, we all know who would ante up the $8 a month to keep their blue check. Like, like we, you know, you know the people who would be desperate enough to keep it, basically the people who are freaking out about this right now, that would actually, like, pay to keep it. Because it means that much to them. Because, like, the, the best, actually the best response to this I've seen actually came from Elon. And he, yeah, I, I think it was actually off that thread where he was explaining kind of, like, his idea for, like, premium Twitter and somebody wrote like, Oh, well, what, what would happen if, if somebody like just 
like used your name and your picture and started tweeting as Elon Musk. He's like, um, that happens a lot right now, actually. So <laughs> life wouldn't really change for him. Does this sound different now? Oh, look at you. You figured out how to I use finally, the mic. I finally fucking figured out how to do this. <laughs> you don't have to. You can. I, I don't know why they didn't announce this, but you can finally do this on the computer. You don't have to do this on the app. What? It's a new day in America, folks. I can use my fucking. My God. I, I... <laughs> I can use my pod setup for this. <laughs> Elon Musk owns Twitter, and we can finally use our real setups for calling. Uh, I just can't play the music. I think I don't know. I gotta, I gotta fucking figure it out. Yeah, but. we'd have to figure out a workaround. Uh, that, but... Okay, huzzah! All right, let's get on with the show. <laughs> <laughs> many, many, many side roads this show, but it's okay. It's okay. Yes. yes. No. This is uh, this is very good. Anyway, see better. Uh, better. I'll sh- I'll teach Jen how to do this. Next week is going to be nice and uh, um, more pod like, right? Because this sounds, you know, this sounds better. Someone was saying on uh, on Twitter the other day something like, "Oh, this is a hard truth for podcasters," but you know, voice both like the way that your voice sounds and the audio quality of your podcast are crucial. And whether well, yeah. or not people listen to, I mean, you think you say, well, yeah, like that and roll your eyes. But like I, there are there are even popular podcasts uh, that uh, that I can't get into because they're not fun to listen to, meaning in a in a ural sense. Right. In a pure, you know, in the same way that I mean, you know, if you. This is such a dumb analogy, but like if you watch like a porn, right? You you like you want the yeah, person right. to be like easy on the eyes, right? <laughs> and so yeah, like you want some you want somebody's like speaking voice to be easy on the ears. Yeah, in a year in a in an in a in a neural sense. Oh, not a neural. In no, un- like by, like, by, it sounds better when you say like binaural, like, cause yes. then people can kind of like understand that a little better. And ural, yes. Uh, or, or, oral, ural, ural. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're already messing up this test first It's off. oral, <laughs> but like you want to separate it from oral, right? O-R-A-L. It's really weird that there's two th- words that are related to senses that both like, you gotta like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my joke to myself and try to try to keep this recording moving. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. What we're gonna talk about fucking someone in the ear. <laughs> You're, you want to? Not where I was or, going with that. Or, or, but or, or, moving or, on. Oral, oral sex. A U R A L. Some of this ASMR, man. That's all I gotta say. Anyway, <laughs> I see some of the shit that happens on Twitch, y'all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see some of the shit that happens on Twitch. Aural. Oh, so yeah. So Neil says ar- aural and oral. Aural. Aural. Okay. okay. <laughs> this, is it's like star- this is It's like pronouncing Star Wars names, which is a, a clever segue. Yeah. <laughs> talking about Andor, which Jen and I like, we had to like stop each other because because I said to Jen right before we started, so did you watch Andor? And she was like, yes. And I was like, no, save it for the pod. And then we still managed to like talk about say, it. Fu- say some funny things to each other. And I was like, God damn it. We're ruining it. Oh, um, yeah, I'm going to be completely off topic again. You made the light work too? Oh, no, this is a different. This Oh, it's like a oh, little. Okay. It's Sorry. Like a little, yeah, I yeah, don't know. No, it's fine. I got a little. Light this is going to be the most random recording ever, but I know who cares, whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, it, that's the fun of this, right? You can also do like a crazy, wacky, whatever. Um, so Andor episode nine, uh, spoilers, I guess. If yeah, you I care, mean, I guess we can kind of back up a little bit because. I, I, I've gotten this response on Twitter. I don't know if you have too, but whenever you talk about Andor, there's always people who are like, all right, I watched the first couple of episodes and was just like, what is this? 
And so I tell people like, no, just just stay with it. Trust me, it, it goes somewhere. I, I'm, I'm promising you. And then they stick with it, and they're like, okay, yeah, you were right. But this show is interesting to me in the way that, like, okay, obviously it, it's about Cassie and Andor mainly. Like we're following his plot line, but to me. What makes this different from a lot of Star Wars franchises is that this isn't necessarily like super duper character driven. It's not like the original trilogy or anything or like surrounding that where it's about like Luke and Leia and Darth Vader and Han Solo. And it's like it, it's not like that. This is more to me sort of a show that's meant to highlight the Empire really and how life was like under the Empire before the destruction of the first Death Star, because from what I understand, this show is going to take us with Cassie and Andor from where it starts all the way up to Rogue One. So you're really experiencing like his backstory, but you're also getting this very big picture of what the Empire was like and how they operated. And it's very like we've we've both described it on Twitter as the banality of evil, where you're seeing basically like the Empire is just this big giant crushing machine that just obliterates everything in its path, but it's also fueled by people who are basically like, I just don't want to get yelled at at my next staff meeting, and then you have like maybe ten percent of the people who are actually working in like ISB or something who are like extremely ruthlessly ambitious and are, are like really pushing things forward. And everyone else is just like, I just want to, you know, go to work and go home and just kind of be and not like have to worry about like, Oh my God, my supervisor is going to chew me out because this, that, or the other. And it's like, it, it is really much the banality of evil. And I compared it after, not the episode that dropped today, but the one that dropped last Wednesday, is that this is very much to me like an analogy to the USSR. And I mean that in the way of basically that sort of just big, all-encompassing, crushing, authoritarian state that just sucks people up into the system because that's what ends up happening to Andor. He's through a series of unfortunate events, wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> Andory so, Snicket, a series yeah. of unfortunate events. <laughs> yeah, like he's, he's like literally minding his own business in space Miami and he just looks suspicious and there were some other suspicious things going on. And so he gets swept up and sent to what is basically a gulag. Yeah, where it, it feels very... It feels yeah. very East East Germany slash. In fact, like a lot of this, this really does lean into because you know, like uh, obviously uh, the 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 original Star Wars uh, leaned heavily into the idea that like the Empire was like space Nazis, right? Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, and because 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 before Darth Vader became the sort of mythological figure in just regular ass Star Wars. Before there was Empire, there was just Star Wars. And in it, Darth Vader was kind of like an SS officer. He was Hans Landa, right? In in Inglorious Bastards. He was like the he was like the guy that they bring in to 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 crack some skulls and find rebels. Then they turned him into like space Jesus, whatever. But but um uh uh <clears throat> Uh, th this really shows, it really feels like politic, you know, like, uh, the resistance in, in fr fr Nazi occupied France or the thing that happens to Andor. Yeah. Feels like what would happen to someone in like a Nazi occupied country, like Poland or something like that, just getting caught up doing nothing accused of sedition sent to like a hard labor camp forever, you know, where you're just essentially worked to death. Um, you know, in a, in an environment that is, and it's interesting because, you know, everyone thinks like, well, it's the, it's the, you know, they have like robots. That's one of the things in the, in, uh, in the prequels was that everything was me overly mechanized. It is true that it's way cheaper to essentially use slave labor than machines, even in a futuristic, there's robots everywhere. If you could just arrest a whole bunch of people and work them to death. 
that's very cheap. That's a very cheap. That's a very that's very cheap labor. That's why, like Jen said, like that's why Germany uh, and the USSR. I mean, the USSR is famous for doing it. Germany, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, and, uh, uh, because of all the horrors that Germany did, uh, one thing that people don't know is how much essentially slave labor Germany used inside Germany. So they brought essentially like, you know, like they would, like I said, would arrest people like in Poland for doing a thing, for putting up a flyer or being suspected of putting up a flyer and send them into Germany where they would like pave roads and stuff. And yeah, like work, work them to death in German work camps inside Germany because they needed a workforce. All their men were in the army. And so who would build and who would do all the stuff? Fucking prisoners from other places and also Germans they would throw in, in, uh, in uh, in prison oh thank you uh, jdc jd is very helpful here with his like running show notes and yeah there's a a long wikipedia article called forced labor under german rule during world war ii um and it's and and that the, the this this prison that andor is in is very much that and it's also like i said on twitter plays into one of my favorite sci-fi tropes which is i love science fiction prisons uh, and the interesting ways in which they keep people in a prison, right? Like, uh, like uh, there's a million examples, but like the no, the idea of like there are no cells, right? Here it's like the floor is electrified. Everybody walks around barefoot. I love that. In uh, the movie in Face Off, it's the magnet boots. It's everybody walks around with metal boots and the floor is all an electromagnet that can be like deployed and then nobody can move, right? That was there. So it's kind of like a reverse of this. Here is nobody has boots on there. Everybody has boots on. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. And there's, yeah, there's a few obscure movies. One is called The Fortress. One is called No Escape. And they're all about like futuristic-y prisons. And so, yeah, this is, uh, this is hitting all my, all my favorite things. Yeah, and, and the reason I go with USSR over Germany is that this has a very sort of gulag vibe in that, okay, so he gets arrested for standing in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sorry if this is a bunch of spoilery stuff, but it's I'm, I'm, it's whatever. So he gets sent off to a prison planet where they spend their days making very large, rigidy things for the empire which i'm sure are used to build something or another but because these are like they're literally just like really large widgets that you look at them and you're like i don't even know what this is like what is this i have to interject here for one second because i really hope that whatever it is that they're making is going to be there's going to be some kind of reveal like it's some kind of component for the death star or something like that there's a show I just, I have to tell the story real quick. There's a show called Eon Flux. It's an old MTV animated series. It's based on like a comic book. It's a sort of cyberpunk. It's really uh, stylized and whatever. And it's about- I was actually obsessed with it when I was younger. (laughs) And it's about a war between these two nations. And one of them is like a totalitarian nation and the other, it's kind of like an East Germany, West Germany kind of uh, Mm -hmm. metaphor. And uh, one episode is about this uh, this uh, married this like a lo- pair of lovers who live in the oppressed nation. Because Eon Flux, the main character, is this kind of like agent who helps get people out of the the oppressed nation into the I can't remember their names. Ferenia, and that's not Ferenia. That's a section. That's a. Yeah. A Metroid, a Metroid Dread uh, thing. I used to re- I used to remember what they were called. Anyway. There's this couple, and the guy works in a factory and makes oh, the same God, widget. Oh, I remember this episode. Yeah, and he makes the same widget day in and day out. And there's this – the way for them to escape is to run through this sort of trench, and there's like a turret, an automatic turret that comes out of a thing and shoots you, and they got to fucking figure out. And, and yeah, and the reveal at the very end is that the widget that he made day in and day out was the thing that powered the turret gun that then kills mm-hmm. him trying to escape across the wall to the free country or something like that. Uh, and I, so I hope, I ha- I hope that that's what this is going to be. The reveal is going to be that you see one of those hexagonal things that they build, like it'll pull out and there's like millions and millions and millions and building like the girders that they build, like the superstructure of the, of the death star from, I bet it's that I bet we're going to see that. 
that it's basically like imagine a skeleton that looks like a ball, right? A mm-hmm. skeleton of a ball. And it's all made by rows and rows and rows of those hexagon things or whatever it is that they build these like asterisk shaped kind of joints. Yeah, because it really, it feels like, and again, this is why I go to that USSR reference, it really feels like the empire has like a five-year plan and they need <laughs> prison labor to make this happen, which is exactly which is what happened in the USSR. And that's why people got arrested for, well, one of the reasons people got arrested for nonsense. The other one, which is also President Andor, is to basically flex on people and let everybody know that the empire can detain you and ruin your life for whatever reason they deem fit. And so there's that dual stage purpose, the same way there was in the USSR of instilling fear in the public and also getting the labor force that you need in order to carry forth your plan, which I, I, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the building of the first Death Star and that these widgets are somehow part of that construction. But it's, it's a very interesting show in that it's there. There are very interesting characters like what was it, Inspector Mara, which is our our heavy on this show. No, uh, Miro, Inspector. Miro. Yeah, Inspector Miro. I think her name is. Yeah, yeah. She's. A, I said, remember Spanish surrealism. That's where my. That's my. By the way, before you continue, uh, uh, season three, episode three of Eon Flux is the episode I'm talking about. It's called Thanatophobia. It aired on my birthday. It aired on my birthday. Anyway, sorry. Continue. I love. I just love the internet because JD like put the Eon Flux wikipedia article in chat and i clicked on it and i was like i wonder what if i wonder if i can find the episode and i just all i did was like i hit control f and i wrote factory and the episode came up and i was like okay cool anyway keep going yeah so and i used to have the whole full dvd set of that show and i'm so sad i don't have it now anyway (laughs) i'm sure i can find it online it was made into a really weird dumb movie with um which i there and yeah i've never watched on GP because I no I'm not doing live action Eon Flux miss me with it. It has some really weird visuals in it that almost make it worth watching. Like uh, the lady who has hands for feet, where she put hands on her feet so that mm-hmm. she can like be super agile and grab onto things with her feet and stuff. So she has yeah she has like f- essentially four hands instead of two hands and two feet. Yeah. Um, I'm still but, not watching. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah again we'll keep going back to the sort of the banality of evil then there's also the the whole uh the very the very mature and by mature i mean boring and by boring i mean adult uh uh, uh subtle sort of chess maneuvering by mon mothma uh who is like just trying to slowly do stuff because she's being watched very closely. And now there's this whole idea of like, how are you going to, what kid, because some guy said to me, I'm watching Andor with my kids. They're nine and 11. And I saw that you said that there was some mature content this week. Is that okay? And I said, maybe you should skim it before you watch it with them. There's a little torture in it. (laughs) I I said, there's a little torture. And I was like, maybe you should skim it before, but like, forget the torture. When Mon Mothma and her, whatever, her former lover, whoever that guy is, are talking about how they're going to create, cover up the paper trail for a 400,000, you know, it's not dollars, it's credits or whatever, thing that they pretended to donate. They basically like pretended to donate this amount of money to some kind of charity that they own and instead like, you know, spirited it away to the resistance. But now because of the empire is slowly like auditing and, looking into books and stuff they got to get that money back and she doesn't have it she can't access her family's funds again because there's too much scrutiny so she's like i gotta find four hundred thousand credits and he's like okay i got a guy but you're not gonna like it and she's like who is it and he says his name don corleone or whatever right that's clearly or jabba the yeah, hut he clearly may yeah. Because she and because he, he and he said like and he wants to meet you here at your house and she was like that guy in my house you're fucking high what are you smoking and he was like that's yeah, and, I'm and sorry like, yeah at the at the embassy in Coruscant yeah let me entertain this dude yeah and he's gonna be like yeah man, mathma 
you come, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> I hear you need a favor. <laughs> but that's like actually it. really interesting because like this also shows the beginning of the Rebel Alliance and kind of how this starts to get off the ground and who really started like funding this and how they started getting their money and there is uh, a whole three story or three episode arc of how Andor and a group of other people basically tried to do a heist of like a whole quarter's worth of Empire payroll. And so it, there, there is that like that beginning of how the Rebel Alliance kind of gets up off the ground. Well, and think about think about the contrast, right? In in Rise of Skywalker, the Emperor like snaps his fingers and an entire fleet of Star Destroyers staffed by who the fuck knows who like just rises out of the ground, right? And here they're like, we need money to go buy spaceships, right? And the Empire and, and, you, and you see like the Empire is like, we need warm bodies to build. We, we're building a thing that's the size of a planet, right? We need millions. You would literally need millions of people to be working around the clock to build that thing. And it would still take like years and years. And you're not, they, they, they just brush over it in Star Wars and it's fine because it's sci, it's sci, it's sci-fi fantasy. It is in fact, it's not science fiction in Star Wars. It's space fantasy. This is the closest Star Wars has ever gotten to being science fiction as far as I'm concerned, because it's no longer about, uh, it's it's not just like, oh, look, we have a thing that's the size of a planet and it shoots laser and it destroys a big planet. It's more like, how how do you, how how did they build the girders? Yeah, like how <laughs> did know, we like, get there? Yes, like how did you, how'd you build the foundations for this thing? Uh, JD says, that's why I hated the rise of Skywalker. I'm willing to hand wave stuff sometimes. There are things that I'm willing to hand wave and say, you know, uh, uh, you know, magic, or maybe there, or maybe like he can control all of them with her, his mind. That's how powerful he is. But like the movie's got to be good. Like you, it's you can hand wave some stuff away if the thing is generally good. Not if you know, like if you got it. For example, The Martian. This is a good example. Uh, the the inciting incident in the book and the movie The Martian is a storm that like w- is threatening to like knock over the spaceship, so they gotta like run away. That can't happen on Mars. That's impossible. There's not enough atmosphere on Mars to generate a storm that's strong enough to knock a thing over. And Andy Weir was like, "Yeah, I know. I needed a thing though." <laughs> and so it's like everything else in the movie, everything else in that book is like we need three acres of potatoes and they produce three thirty two point seven grams of carbs, like all that shit he did to a T. But he was like, I needed some kind of reason for them to have to like run away from Mars and store. And I was like, all right, storm, fuck it. <laughs> like he literally yeah, did that. Or the movie Ad Astra. That's very, very like scientifically like a sound. Except for one part where, like, the director was like, I really needed them to walk. So I was like, ah, just make fake gravity. <laughs> I was like, just make them. It's just, it would just be easier. And it, and, and so, and it, to, to me, that's like a, it stands out like an eyesore, stuff like that, where it's just like, there's just one thing that's dumb in the middle of a, an entire movie where everything's thought out. Um, but yeah, this is getting very close to being science fiction, as far as I'm concerned. Or at least like dystopian science fiction, because this is kind of filling in the gaps of like, okay, when we we get into like episode four, like the first Star Wars that people watched, you're already at the point where like the Empire is on its second Death Star. The Rebel Alliance is already like obviously funded well enough that they can do what they do. And so this is kind of like, Okay, how did we get here? Like, all right, how did the Empire build the first Death Star? How did the Rebel Alliance even get up off the ground? Because clearly this requires, like, money, and basically they had to beg, borrow, and steal to get this movement off the ground. And so that's why I kind of like it, because it is, like, that backstory of kind of how things were before the destruction of the first Death Star. And you kind of get that vibe of, like, Okay, this it, it was like 
And, and again, even going back to my USSR reference, you, with with Phoenix, you have this idea that there was like satellite planets, the way there were satellite states where like, okay, they were technically under empire rule, but the empire really didn't bother with them too much until something happens that catches yeah. their attention. And then all yeah. of a sudden, they come down on them like a ton of bricks. Right. Outsource it to like a, a local like Vichy regime. In that case, it's like a corpo, yeah. but whatever. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And it's uh, – um, uh, sorry, I got distracted by the chat. Yeah, Mount Mars Trilogy indeed is a is – a, but that one is – that one doesn't have moments where they're like, ah, eh, fuck it. <laughs> We'll just we'll just do whatever. Another thing I like about this is that, again, if you you're talking about episode four, but like Luke Skywalker, think about this: like Luke Skywalker just waltzes in to the briefing where Mon Moth is like, "Look, we're gonna have to destroy this thing, right?" Uh, and now now you're gonna watch that. You're gonna watch Rogue One, and you're gonna watch mm-hmm. episode four after all of this is done. This and also season two. And especially at the end when they're about to attack the Death Star. The amount of work that's gone into this now is going to feel very weighty, right? Many Bothans died. That's the second Death Star, right? They're, that's, they're probably going to get to that too because now that they have the Mon Mothma actress and she's fucking killing it, they'll mm-hmm. just do that too. They'll do this about, about the Bothans who stole the plans for the second Death Star. But like the weight of – like Luke Skywalker just gets put in, a, in an X-Wing because they're like, look, we need a warm body to fly this thing. And he's like, look, I used, to, I used to shoot at Womp Rats in my T-16, and they were about the size of that port. And so they're like, yeah, fuck it. Put him in, a, put him in an X-Wing. Yeah. And he happens to be a space wizard, so he manages to do it. But like think of like the giants whose shoulders he's standing on and all of this shit that we're now seeing that had to go into it. People, die, people getting tortured, like the torture scene. Not only is is Bix tortured in this uh, in this uh, episode, and and a thing that I liked is she gives up the ghost. She gives she sin, she gives up everything, right? Which I like, and she never says like fuck. There's no that. There's never that moment where she's like, yeah. "You're gonna tell me when you saw Cassie and Andor," and she goes, "Go to hell," right? There's no moment like that. She's like, "Yeah, I'll tell you everything. I'm not just don't." Don't let me listen to the shrieks of dead alien children again. Because that was the real horror. That was the real black mirror of this. Yeah. It's not that you got tortured. It's that the thing that the, the, the method of torture was that the Empire discovered that there's this certain alien species that when you torture to death, their screams are so bad that it like causes you death, like neural damage, especially yeah. the children. And so they isolated the screams of dying alien children and they feed them back into your ears until you fucking go insane. That's in Star Wars. <laughs> when, did yeah. the, when did Star Wars become this fucked up? Well, I mean, again, in a lot of the sort of Star Wars movies kind of gloss, it sounds weird to say this, but it kind of glosses over the evil of the Empire. It because does. you're focused on, like, Palpatine and Vader and what they're doing, and you don't, again, you don't see the whole machinations of how this whole big, like, Leviathan works. Yeah, there's something, there's an irony in the fact that, well, you know, Stalin, you're talking about the, you're talking about the USSR. Stalin said, you know, one death is a tragedy and a million deaths is a statistic. Mm-hmm. And in this case, that's really apparent because they blow up an entire planet. They blow up Alderaan and you care let it impacts you less than watching them be like work an old man until he drops dead. Like there's something or just hang a dude because fuck him, right? Yeah. Like that's the thing. You said the banality, but it's also – again, it's making me hate the Empire in sort of to depths that before it was just like, yeah, they're the bad guys. I get it. They're evil. But this isn't because they're they're imparting to them now motives that evil uh, regimes and stuff on Earth have had. Not just like, <laughs> I'm a Sith and I'm going to control the universe. It's more like uh, order at all costs. I'm tired of this fucking – that's Cyril's whole thing, right? Cyril's whole thing is like – he feels uh, somebody pointed out an amazing point, which is that he, um, he, he uh, like his, uh, he 
his his mother to him is like he wants to be to other people. His mother's like overbearing. She goes through his stuff. She constantly harangues him and all he wants is to be free, but he wants to be, he wants the empire to be like that to everyone, harangue them, go through their stuff, you know, all that. And his fucking, his Jewish mother, I said, I didn't know this, this definitively proves that Jews exist in the Star Wars universe because his fucking mother is definitely a space Jew. She's like, hey, Cyril, (laughs) you never called me. When you were there in the corporate world, and I, now you come crawling back to me, you ne- you're never home. You come home after I go to bed. I left after, you. Yes, I left it. you a space bagel. You didn't even eat it. After everything, I, I called. I called Uncle Howard, and, and we got you a job. And, and now you you don't you don't even you don't even. You don't even give me any respect. And it's like, there's one scene in the last episode where she's going off on one of her Jew mom tangents. And Cyril is literally just sitting there like slurping his cereal milk. It's like a a Coen Brothers movie. It's like a a Coen (laughs) Brothers made Star Wars. And then, and, but the, and that's the, 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 the real Jewish thing in that scene. Is she's like, I oh, and and she said something like, Matt, you didn't call me when you were in Felix. I never heard from you. And imagine if I had died from a broken heart, where would you have run to when you got fired? You would come here, I would be dead already. So you gotta thank me for not dropping dead after not calling me all this time. And he's like, Mom, I got a raise, I got a promotion. And there's like this moment of silence, she just goes, I knew they, my booby. I knew that. I knew they would see. I knew they would see that you're the best booby ever. Come give me a hug. You have some more cereal. It's hilarious. And then, why aren't you dating anyone, Mom? There's this girl at the ISB. Don't worry. She hasn't. She doesn't know that I like her yet. But I'm. I've been stalking her. I've been yeah. stalking her office every day, waiting for her to come talk to me. The fucking space incel. I'm convinced <laughs> she's she's the one. We're we're the same person, and we 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 have the same motivation. She just threatened to you know have me arrested and sent to the outer rim but it's okay it's okay she'll she'll come around it's all I right no i feel like she likes i feel like she likes him and she's like in denial you know if anybody here watches barry on hbo it's about a serial killer he's played by bill Hader, and he takes like an acting class and the guy who teaches the acting class is played by henry winkler an amazing performance and uh there's a murder and so there's a detective investigating the murder and she's like this sort of black lady and the, and she walks into the acting class and Henry Winkler's character immediately like falls madly in love with her like the second he sees her and he tries to win her over and for the longest time she's like stop it you fucking weirdo and then she falls in love with him like he he, he sort of wears her down until they kind of fall in love and so I feel like that's what's gonna happen with Cyril and Miro eventually she's gonna be like <laughs> Take me, you rebel hating. <laughs> and his suit, what a great people never. That's a, th- a thing that I, I, I don't see enough is interesting takes on like future wear. Like the, 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 this is in the past, not the future technically, but you know what I mean? Like futuristic wear. And he, his suit, he wears a kind of a suit, but mm-hmm. the tie kind of comes out of a little slot in the yeah. clavicle or whatever. And I was like, that's such a cool, I like it that. Almost, it almost looks kind of like a Velcro strap. Yeah, a little bit. Every Because usually uh, sci-fi uh, on, uh, sort of novels uh, that I read uh, envision a kind of a, a, like a, a return to more old style, like toga suits and robes and stuff in the future rather than, I don't know what, but yeah, I like, I think his suit is very, uh, I think what, what? Oh yeah. <laughs> Kit J says, I need to hear me. She needs to hear me doing more. Or is it he? I can't tell. I need to hear me doing more Coruscant Jewish. Oh, he more Coruscant Jewish mother <laughs> impression. <laughs> it's hilarious in the show because she's just so that way. And she's just like, because what happens is Cyril, a, a series of events that happens on Phoenix, which is what oh, starts Eric. the whole show. Yeah. So Andor kills two corporate security guards for reasons. And like, 
he's basically ordered to drop it and let it go and he doesn't and he gets blamed for everything and basically this is what causes the empire to come in and be like all right well you're not this this isn't no we're running shit now and so and he just does not ever let it go Again, so he has uh, to go uh, home to his mom. Yeah, and, and, and we, like, you know. yeah, and we, uh, we actually really have to end. Uh, I'm sorry, JD. I know you're in the in the in the queue, but we actually have to like kind of wind down. But yeah, I gotta say, really, like to me, this is prestige television, and what you just mentioned is one of the the reasons that I like it so much is that the idea that uh, a really random killing of two who gives a shit private security guards is the inciting incident for all of this shit. And that to me is beautiful because we all, we until you see a story in which con, a universe has consequences of that level where you can't just like, it's a dark alley, it's a big universe with planets, you could just disappear forever, you know, you accept that. Because you would even say if, if he had just killed him on that planet and just disappeared into the anonymity of the universe, you wouldn't think that was weird or didn't make sense. But the fact that he didn't, you're like, this is great. This, ma- this makes the universe feel way more meaty. The fact that it kind of snowballed. And I love how good at their jobs the ISB is. They're all sitting there and they're like, how are we going to do this? And somebody proposes an idea and it's fucking smart. And the boss is like, that's a smart idea. Do that. Like, I fucking love that they're all good at their jobs. And there isn't just like the cliche asshole who's like, no, we're going to do this my way because I have ego. It's like, no, this guy actually knows what a good idea sounds like and that lets people do the good things. It's scary. It's a good show. Everybody should watch it. Yeah. And I think we're going to uh, uh, end. I I can't. I don't think I can play the music. Let me tell me if you hear this. Okay. Can you hear this? Nope. No, clear. You clearly cannot. Uh, how are we going to do this? Because it's playing through your headphones now, right? Oh, I know. I know how we're going to do this. Here, we're going to do it like. Can you hear me now? I can. Okay, cool. Oh, so now. See? I broke it again. I did break it again. Okay, here we're going to go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was extremely uh, improvisational. Uh, yeah, anyway, thank you very much. Uh, we're going to be seeing you. Uh, this was great. Now that we can do it like this, that's this is going to be awesome. Next time we're going to hold do a whole thing this time. Okay, anyway, uh, plugs and let's get out of here. Okay, so obviously you know where to find us here on Colin. Um, Wednesday night, day 30, Eastern. You know, you'll see a lot. You can catch that with fact. Our main podcast is Mission Park of Lord 10. Drops on Mondays. And you can find us on all your podcast catchers, Google, Apple, Spotify, Plus Audible, all that good stuff. Um, we do have a YouTube channel, which, because I am moving to DC, we will be able to put content on because it will be much easier when I can physically be in the same room as Noam. So, in the future, very near future, I am freaked out by how close the future. Anyway, but yes, in the future, but. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at AMBXOver. You can find me on Twitter at that Jen Monroe and on Slugstaff at Jen Monroe. Yay, I'm Neon Taster on Twitter. And also YouTube.com slash Neon Taster and Twitch.tv slash Neon Taster. Uh, that's about it. Stay tuned for me losing my blue check and going back to using my red helmet uh, account like I am now on my other Twitter account. Anyway, thank you very much. Have a good night. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Jen. Bye. Thank you, Noah. Bye, everybody.